Hi, everyone. It's Dr. Maria again. Here we are in the Energy of Money podcast. I'm so glad you're joining me. You know, last time we talked about part one, why it's so difficult to launch projects, why it's so difficult to start things. You know, you have a idea, you have a goal in mind, and you try to do something with it. And all of a sudden, as you're taking the first step, sometimes it can feel like a wave of cold water just crashes over you. And you hear this voice saying, you shouldn't be doing this. No one will care. I know you think you have a great idea, but maybe it's not as great as you think. You know, we all have these self-limiting inner conversations. I think last time I began with talking about how these are natural, this part of our brain's structure. You know, our brain hasn't changed much in over 100,000 years. I love saying that, you know, because if you look at it and you say to yourself, well, what was life like 100,000 years ago for this brain of mine? If you're telling me what I have up here in my noggin has not changed much in 100,000 years. And, you know, what, what was it like? Well, you know, we were always faced with danger. It was, you know, we didn't have fur. We didn't have claws. We didn't have fangs. We couldn't run very fast compared to other animals. Like a lion or a tiger or a cheetah or a panther. But we did have a brain that could figure out everything that could go wrong before we left our cave. So we planned for everything that could go wrong. Now, fast forward 100,000 years, and what do we see? Well, we see a brain that still thinks we are living 100,000 years ago. So every time we take a new step outside of our usual and customary habits, you know, you hear this brain talking to you. Don't do it. There's going to be a lion out there, a tiger. Let me discourage you from taking that step. And that is called the negativity bias. And I say this over and over and over again to people, because if you see it in that light, you will then see that there's no such thing as self-sabotaging thoughts. Because the brain isn't trying to sabotage us, it's trying to save us. And when you think of it in this way, it shifts your perspective. And let me tell you something, a shift in perspective is exactly what you and I need. Well, you don't want to be doing the same things over and over and over again. It gets boring, doesn't it? Part of the human spirit hmm, demands that we stretch ourselves, that we stretch, that we grow. 
it's it's an impulse that we've had since a hundred thousand years ago. So number one, if you didn't get a chance to listen to my podcast before, know one thing if you get nothing else from that one. Your self-critical inner conversation is normal and natural. Normal meaning everyone has it. Natural meaning it's built in. Okay? Always looking for what could go wrong before we look for what could go right. Always looking for the, the, the bad things that could happen to us before we even begin, for example, a creative project or go for a goal or a dream. You're not alone. It happens to everybody. So I'm saying this to make peace with your brain. <laughs> I mean, think of it, making peace with your brain. What a concept, what an idea that you don't see your brain as the enemy trying to stop you. It's trying to save you. Now, I'm going to go on to the solution today. What to do when you're poised and you want to take that step and you you hear that familiar sounding voice from your brain. What do people who are creative do? What do people who are successful in following their goals and dreams, what do they do? They turn to something that is deep within them, something that has real meaning for them. And where does this sense of meaning reside? Well, we saw last time that, you know, Anytime we take action, it's in physical reality. And I talked about all the variables that happen in physical reality. And if you really want to listen to it, please go back and listen to it. Even listen to it again so you get that experience. Because hmm? it's not enough for you to see this conceptually. I always want you to get into the experience of what we're talking about. Because that's the only way it's going to really stick for you. So there is this other form of reality that we live in. Remember, we live in two realities at once. It's called visionary reality. Now, the rules of engagement for visionary reality are much different than for physical reality. In visionary reality, we have our ideas and our dreams, the things that we would love to see happen. And being in visionary reality, we naturally feel this sense of great energy. I mean, think about it. Have you ever had an idea that really was so compelling for you that you felt this rush of great energy? Hmm? I, as a matter of fact, I. I've been, over the years, I've coached people who say to me, Dr. Maria, that's the thing that means the most to me are my ideas and dreams. And of course, I say to them, that's good. But you know, you and I, human beings, once again, we have this 
mandate to take whatever is in this visionary reality and put it into physical reality. So, whereas in physical reality, it takes a lot of energy to do what you're doing, in visionary reality, it doesn't take any energy at all. I mean, test this out. I'm going to give you seven seconds to do this. Close your eyes, even as you're hearing me, and think of a place that you would love to go to. Go on, do it. I know you're busy. Can you see it in your mind's eye? What does it feel like to be at that place? How do you feel inside? What's the energy around your heart like as you really get into that dream? Okay, open your eyes. What was that like for you? I'll bet it was fun. Because we love to dance with our dreams. We do. We love to take hands with our vision and walk with it. But as I said, we're required in life to take what's in visionary reality and put it into physical reality. So how do we do that? Well, visionary reality is the home of something that we could call meaning. Meaning. And sometimes people say, well, what does meaning mean? <laughs> Well, think of some way that you'd love to be known in life. You know, if you had a if you had a a sense of what's important to you, what would it be? Would it be to be a loving family member, to be physically fit and healthy, to be Ah, a creator of beauty, to be a successful poet, author, painter, to be an effective coach, to be an effective leader. Do any of these sound like they have meaning for you? In other words, if you were to put a score of one to five, on any of the things I mentioned, might at least one or two of them score five for you? Look at it again, to be a, a contributor to my community, to be a loving family member, to be a successful mentor, to be a successful entrepreneur, to be spiritually developing, to be an adventurer, do some of these sound like they're important to you? Pick one. Now, let's say you want to do something and you want to put a goal into physical reality. Now, I know that sometimes when I mention the word goal, that people clam up. They say, oh, God, this is going to be another goal talk. No. You know, 
Merriam-Webster has this wonderful definition of a goal. A goal is an area or object toward which play is directed in order to score. A goal is an area or object toward which play is directed in order to score. And we are on a playing field, after all. Life's playing field, in which we are tasked with bringing things that have meaning and heart for us, things that live in visionary reality and putting them into physical reality. And, you know, Albert Einstein knew this very, very well because he talked about the, the dilemma that, face, that faces us, almost all of us. He says, all means prove but a blunt instrument if they have not behind them a living spirit. But if the longing for the achievement of the goal is powerfully alive within us, then we shall not lack the strength to find the means for reaching the goal and translating it into deeds, doing something with it. All means prove, prove but a blunt instrument if they have not behind them a living spirit. Now, that's exactly what we're talking about, the living spirit that resides in visionary reality. And I just gave you some we call them at the Academy for Coaching Excellence, we call these life intentions. A, a, a life's intention, the, the definition of an intention is that a, it's, it's a direction, aim, or purpose. And the definition of a life's intention is that it's a direction, aim, or purpose that gives your life some meaning. And if you want to find out more about life's intentions, you can always go to the, our website at the Academy. That's acecoachtraining.com and look up the life's intentions inventory. Because what I just talked to you about are what's on that life's intentions inventory. But even if you don't go there, I've mentioned enough kinds of meaning with these life's intentions earlier, that surely you can pick one of them. Now, this is what happens, okay? When you get to this point, there's this imaginary line, imaginary, that divides these two aspects of reality. And you could think of, on top of the line is physical reality, and below the line is visionary reality. So before we set out to do anything in physical reality, we always want to discover what's the meaning behind this? Why am I choosing it? Why now? Why at this moment am I choosing to do something? It might be write a book. <laughs> it might be open up my own business. It might be planting a new garden. You know, it doesn't have to be huge and significant, but the minute you and I cast forth a goal in physical reality, 
And I just named some goals. The minute we do that and we start taking action, we will meet up with this border between the two aspects of reality. And we call this your point of mastery. Now, what does mastery mean in this case? Well, it means it it's, it's time for you to look back and see what the meaning of this goal is for you. Is it to become a loving family member? Are you choosing it because you want to be an effective coach? Are you listening it because you want to write a book or paint a painting? Whatever it is, train for a marathon. You know, my, <laughs> my niece, Andrea, ran her first marathon a little while back, and the whole family was so proud of her. You know, and, and she really kept going. And although I haven't asked her, I'll bet if I do, she'll tell me the why behind it. See, so it's, it's, it's answering that question, why am I doing it now? I'll tell you why you should look at the why. Because the minute you are at this point of mastery, I think you heard me say last time that at the, be, at the beginning of going for a goal, or even if I didn't say it, I'm saying it now, okay. Beginning of going for a goal, it will always take 10 times more energy than you thought it would. And not only that, the conditions under which you made this promise for a goal may have shifted. Now, what? in what way? Well, maybe you, ah, maybe you want to write a book. Hmm? And you start working on your computer. And something happens. And it's discovered that you have lots of viruses on this computer. I'm just making this up, okay? So you have to get a new computer and entirely rework it. And it's said, because you haven't backed it up on anything, the manuscript, that you've got to start over. Okay? Conditions change. Hmm? Maybe you want to plant a garden and maybe you discover that the very flower bed that you want to plant will not grow, grow in your zone. This won't do it. Now, I know that's minor to some, but for some people who are master gardeners, it's a big deal. So conditions change. They will. They'll always change. It will never be as clear a road as you think it will. And the third thing about it is that this change is unpredictable, so you never know when it's going to happen. At least if you could predict change, you could plan for it, couldn't you? But no, 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 no. This change is unpredictable. So these are the three elements of the perfect game. And it is a game that we're playing for. Even if it doesn't seem like a game, like to become a successful entrepreneur, yeah, you've entered into that 
game, into that playing court, so to speak. So here's the thing. The minute you hit this point of mastery, this is what it calls upon you to master. Master the meaning. Master the meaning. Be aware of the meaning, the reason why you're undertaking this. Because in the flurry and fury of changing conditions, there will always be the, the, the chance to turn back, to say, forget it. But that's not mastering anything, is it? No. When we're talking about mastery, we're talking about learning how to focus your brain back onto what the meaning is for you. You know, there are countless psychological studies that have shown that one aspect of resilience, you know, bouncing back after some sort of a downturn, it could be a physical downturn, it could be in a, a financial downturn, anything. One great factor is if people can return to what's important to them, what has meaning for them, what has a sense of purpose, and focusing on that rather than focusing on the uh, conditions that are confronting them, focusing on the meaning, they can usually weather the storm. So the biggest task at the point of mastery is for you to master the meaning and promise yet again to set out. I cannot tell you how many unforeseen events I experienced as I was writing my book, The Energy of Money. Oh my gosh. You know, including having my computer breakdown, including losing half a ch chapter, because back in those days, things were not automatically saved. And I had to return time and time again. What am I doing this for? What am I doing this for? To be a contributor to my community, to be a contributor to my community. And it kept me going. So, my friends, look at what keeps you going. Master the meaning. And you will meet with success. Until next time, this is Dr. Maria saying, hey, go do it. Bye for now. <laughs>